Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Today's episode is also brought to you by the now virtual Offsite Construction Expo, sponsored by the Modular Building Institute. There's no better opportunity to see focused presentations and exhibits from the offsite construction industry. Visit offsiteconstructionexpo.com today to register for one of their three upcoming virtual events. That's offsiteconstructionexpo.com. Welcome, everyone. My name is John McMullen, and I am the marketing director here at MBI. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Gattenby, Vice President of Development at Crate Modular in Southern California. Amanda is here to talk about container-based modular buildings and all of their many different applications. Amanda, welcome. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Such a pleasure. It is my pleasure. Thank you very much. Uh, so uh, let's dive right in. Tell me about uh, Crate Modular. How did it start? Um, Crate Modular acquired a predecessor company, and that predecessor company started in the education sector, really sort of replacing the old modulars that you really see all over the place in Southern California in LAUSD specifically. Um, and it was a really great, sustainable, great answer for these schools, and they had pretty good success with that. And then I came along in 2016 and the focus really shifted to housing. Gotcha. And have you guys always been in Southern California? Yes. Yes. We started in a 10,000 square foot metal building on the banks of the LA river. And we now have a 110,000 square foot facility in Carson, California, in the Los Angeles Metro, at the 405 and 710 junction. That's that's quite a bit of growth. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so why shipping containers? What's, what's special about those? Well, um, our company is founded in sustainability. So there are so many available containers. There's a trade deficit in the United States where we import way more containers than we export. And countries overseas would rather sell us a new container full of goods than pay to ship an empty one back. So we have laying fallow these steel boxes that are made to hold 65,000 pounds of material, rigorously tested. They stack 10 high. And that just seems like a really perfect building block. It does. I'm I'm a big fan of, of container uh, container based buildings. I think uh, they're just cool to look at, if, if nothing else. But how how do you source these containers? Do you work with shipping yards or other providers? Yes. So our factory is about ten miles away from the port of Long Beach, um, and as well as the port of L.A. And we only source one way dry goods containers containers that have been used for one-way dry goods trade only. So every container has a serial number. Um, and as I said, they're rigorously tested by several different agencies for seaworthiness and safety. So our containers are definitely more inspected and tested than traditional building materials. So we source um, the containers that have been used only for one-way dry goods and every container has a serial number so you can track what was in it when it left the port of origin, when it arrived in our Southern California ports, um, and what's been happening to it ever since. We also only use the high cube containers so we can achieve higher interior ceiling heights. 
And often by the time the container reaches our parking lot, it is only 90 days old. Usually has, you know, just come from the port. They're brand new. And so it's a really great building material for us. Oh, wow. I, I had no idea that they were only 90 days old. That's that's awesome that you guys are able to reuse these containers. It's It's a shame that they can't be reused as part of trade. It seems like that would be the obvious thing to do, but I understand that it's cheaper to not. Um, so Some of them are diverted for storage containers on construction sites, as you've seen. Um, but we're using up 500 to 1,000 of them a year. Uh, so tell me about the, the people in your company. I've heard a lot now about containers, but what about the people? What kind of trades are involved in bringing a container-based building to life? Well, we are nothing without our people. They are our greatest asset um, is our workforce. And we have a lot of trades. We're very heavy on um, welders, iron workers. Um, we do demo, welding, um, metal subframing, insulation, um, both spray foam and bat. Um, all of that is in-house labor. Um, we have a couple of licensed electricians and a licensed plumber on staff. Um, and we use vendors for uh, fire sprinklers and a roof. Other than that, all of our labor is in-house. Very good. Approximately how many people do you have on staff? We have 75 people on the floor and 25 people on the office side. And what's the design process like uh, for these buildings? Do you use BIM or other methods? And how has that evolved over time? Well, design is something very special because we have the state approval from HCD, um, like many other modular companies. Um, so we create our own set of drawings for the modular building only. We include the design of the foundation in that. And we basically design the building in a vacuum, and then that's the set that gets state approved. There's still a local submission and approval for the site-specific, putting our state-approved building on that site-specific lot. But we also design very quickly. So we do our modular set, the state-approved set, in 90 to 120 days. Um, and we get approvals anywhere from 48 hours to 10 days max. So we have a, an expedited timeline on design because kind of everything we do is about doing it fast. Um, and we do use Revit and CAD, and then we also have our own shop drawings for the factory floor. Gotcha. Question for you. Is there, are there any foundational requirements for container-based buildings as opposed to traditional buildings? We use a typical stem wall foundation, 18 to 30 inches usually. Um, the reason we do that is we need that crawl space for underbuilding utility connections. Um, that crawl space or those, that stem wall usually has embedded hardware that the containers weld to. We can also go on podium with a similar type of assembly. Gotcha. And, and you touched on this before, but how long does it take start to finish to convert a shipping container into a, a habitable space? How fast does that turn around? Um, well, we can produce 15 modules a day. But it takes one module between 14 and 21 days to make its way down the assembly line. And that's getting the shipping container brand new to turning it into livable or 
workable space that's 14 to 21 days. That's right. We have a, a factory, and it's really where manufacturing meets construction. And the raw container goes in one end. We demolish all the pieces and cut away all the pieces that um, we're not going to use. So we don't just use single module dwellings. We combine our containers and cut out the sides of them to make very large circulation spaces. For instance, we just finished a 15,000 square foot facility that had um, a men's and a women's dorm inside. So lots of open areas. Um, so we do a lot of that demo in the factory. And then it just goes down the line in sequence, and um, every station has a trade, and it just makes its way through the factory in 14 to 21 days. That's awesome. That's awesome. And speaking of, of, of habitable space, tell me about your, your Potter's Lane project. How did that come about, and what has the reception been? Oh, Potter's Lane. It was so exciting. Potter's Lane is the first affordable housing project in the nation using shipping containers. So that was a huge win. It was American Family Housing was the developer. It's in unincorporated Orange County. It houses 16 formerly homeless veterans, um, and they have access to social services there. My background is in affordable housing. That's um, always the deals that I have loved the most and the deals I have the most experience with. So this one was quite a thrill. The reception has been phenomenal. Um, we were on the front page of LA Times, and even though the project was four years ago, I just heard mention of it on 60 Minutes a few months ago. Yeah, I've, I've seen coverage of it lately myself. It seems like one of those projects that, it, I don't want to use the word revolutionary, but it's, it's such a good use of the materials to solve such a big problem. Um, yes, it's a flagship project for us, for sure. Um, so... You had, you had another project that I was reading about. It's a, it's a Colden Avenue project. It's a, a multifamily building that you created. Tell me about that, and, and how was it different from Potter's Lane? Um, well, Colden was the first multi-story container development in the city of Los Angeles, three stories. Um, it's permanent supportive housing, and that developer had a really interesting model where they kind of did – Social, they leveraged crowdfunding and did social impact equity um, to fund their building. Um, it's a really interesting model, and then they master lease it to a social service provider. So that project um, also serves formerly homeless individuals and families from the local area in South LA. More general question for you. Where, where do you think container-based modular construction fits in, in terms of overall construction? Is it, is it more suited for certain projects more than others? What, what's the best use for uh, containers? Well, we can do containers. If you can build it, you can build it with crate. So we've had several different uses. And I would say that container modular is most um, useful in the arena where you need your, where time is a factor and you need your project done very quickly. So recently, we were asked by the city of Buena Park um, to deploy a homeless shelter. And this was the 15,000 square foot facility I was referring to earlier. And they really needed this to happen quickly. So we were able to design not only the building, but also the site, including civil and landscape, in 60 days. We got approval in 48 hours. Wow. It was fabricated in four months. 
and the contractor took four months to finish it once it was delivered to the site. And I'm such a housing person that I will always say that the best and highest use is housing. Um, but we have schools, we have a bed and breakfast at a winery, um, but time seems to be the common denominator. Also, if there's um, certain tight sites or if there's impact to neighbors that you want to avoid, or if there's a project that you just want something um, very, very strong with great energy values, as well as sound attenuation. Because of our thermal envelopes, it's virtually silent from unit to unit and floor to floor. So it comes in handy for those applications as well. I hadn't thought of that. Um, what other uh, projects have you recently completed, or do you have any more in the pipeline? So the grand opening for the Buena Park Emergency Navigation Center was two weeks ago. And we currently have another shelter in the factory that we're replicating. When you say an another shelter, you mean like another uh, development for homeless individuals or? Well, that's the thing about modular buildings and state approvals. We really want to change the conversation to be more about buildings as products. So once we had this Buena Park homeless shelter completely designed and engineered and approved, and we have a factory approval to build it for the next three years, we sold it to another jurisdiction. So now we're building that same shelter over again for the County of Merced, and we're able to leverage our efficiencies, leverage our buying power, and bring it to the client um, at a little bit of a reduced cost since it's the second time we're doing it. So we're replicating another shelter for the County of Merced. We recently completed um, nine classrooms for a middle school in Oak Park. We're working in factory on our first four-story building that will go in unincorporated LA County and be 20 units of housing. Um, and then we also have an opportunity zone project, which is 21 units SRO in San Diego. And you, so you said it was your first four-story building, is that right? Correct. Um, so I think earlier in the conversation you said containers could be stacked 10 high. Is that just for shipping purposes, or potentially could you build a building 10 stories high? That's a great question. Um, as of now, we are approved to go up to five stories. Is that and a we're working on a five-story building in Los Angeles right now. Is that a local um, or state is, regulation, or is that? It's really confined by building code and building type. Gotcha, okay. So uh, we can go to type five up to three stories, and then four and five stories are type two. And then I believe there's a way to um, go type one and tie into a concrete core and go even higher. Currently, we've engineered up to five. Gotcha. And that would be five over grade or five over podium. Explain to me the difference. Uh, five on grade is where the building sits on the ground. And on podium, it would sit on top of a, like a garage structure, parking I see. garage. I see. Okay. Um, well, that, uh, I think that was all the questions I had. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, if, if I didn't say it before, I'll say it now. I'm a big fan of container buildings, uh, especially houses. Um, so I really appreciate your time today, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing your future project. 
Thanks, John. And everyone can check us out at CrateModular.com and follow us on Instagram at CrateModular. My name is John McMullen. This has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.